Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone. Uh, back at it again. Darren Javog here with the uh, Clean Break Divorce Net podcast. So it's Clean Break the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm joined as always with my reliable and dependable uh, co-host Tina Murray. Yes. How are you, Tina? It's I'm great, Darren. Thank you. It is always so much fun to be on this show, and uh, we have back again Kate Anthony. She is a Oh, extraordinary speaker. <laughs> she has her own uh, podcast. It's called the Divorce Survival Guide, I think. Wait, did I get that right? I got some right. of the paper here. Yeah, the Divorce <laughs> Survival Guide. And also you have your uh, coaching program and I love the name of it. Should I stay or should I go? So welcome to the show again today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. So you are Very in... Awesome. We said sunny California, but today it's not sunny for you. We have sunshine, just a little bit of snow. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Best of both worlds, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, we were, the last episode was interesting because we were going through, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go back and listen to part one of Kate's uh, interview. Had some great tips in there, some real dig, deep digging on, on who people are and why they do certain things and why, mm-hmm. how a coach can help you uncover that. Yeah. So today we're going to go into a little bit more detail, right, Tina? Yes. Uh, with Kate. Yes. Uh, so Kate, you're a divorce coach, communication coach, I think, to a certain degree. And uh, she right now she's communicating with her dogs. So that's all good. I'm, I'm communicating. I know I'm communicating with my son, trying to get him to stop the dog. It's okay. Yeah. World of COVID. Yeah, we <laughs> dogs and cats and kids. I've been on a, on a Zoom call where I was hosting it and my cat jumped up and walked across the screen. <laughs> Seriously. And then in the kitchen, right? With a kid walking back behind me with no shirt on. So they look naked. Yep. Yep. yep 100%. Yep. Uh, Teenagers. They, they want to put Teenage their heads boys. in as well. Right? They want to see what's going oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> so Teenage boys. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two teenage boys at home still. So yeah, I totally get it. You're all good. You're in good company. You've got oh, yeah. teenage boys at home as well. Oh yeah, for so. sure. And they, I think they purposely antagonize the I dog think... to make them bark while I'm on a call. Yeah, just to... <laughs> or show up in the kitchen with. Wait, right. Else. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so all right. jump into it again so we've picked a couple of specific questions to ask you because we really think these are going to be really juicy right right and we like that (laughs) yeah first question is how to not screw up your kids in the divorce process that's a big one well yeah right exactly i mean look the the bottom line so so this is a huge this is one of those huge myths right is divorce screws up kids Mm. And um, that if you get divorced, your kids will become like, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics, they'll drop out of school, they'll like, you know, all of that. Um, They'll just be noisy and like talking while you're podcasting. That's really the only thing that's going to happen. And the, the research does not bear that out. What the research says is that all kids to some degree in the short term will have um, 
some be impacted. Of course they will. Like we're not going to be Pollyanna-ish about this. Um, they may have increased, you know, anxiety and depression for, you know, maybe like that year, right? But in the long term, kids whose parents get divorced in a collaborative and uh, in, in an amicable manner um, do just fine in the long term. They, they're, it basically, you know, it's like they may have this increase in depression, whatever in the, that, that year, but, but after that, in the long term, they end up on the exact same level as kids whose parents never got divorced. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Yeah, hundred percent in the long term. Now, having said that, children suffer long-term effects when they are put in the middle of a nasty and bitter divorce process. Yes. And I don't know how Canada is with this, but in the US, the family court system is really set up to put kids in the middle. It's a very, very destructive system. Yeah, really oh. bad. So you, so that is gonna screw up your kids. So, you know, in many states, you, they will tie percentage, they'll tie, um, uh, what's it called, child support to um, percentage of custody. Hmm. So it sets up this battle for custody or, or you know, so like if I get 100% custody, then I don't have to pay my ex uh, any, any child support. Wow. Which is just, you know, it's just so sad that, and, and then in order to do that, you know, there's a whole system that will, you know, alienate and demonize and all of that, right? So that, look, that's like an extreme, those are extreme cases. Right. Um, but, you know, but for the most part too, when, if you just like, if the first thing you do when you decide you want to get a divorce is call a shark attorney or you know, have consults with every attorney in the, in, in your area so that you, you know, block them from being able to like that, like you're immediately setting up an adversarial, uh, relationship an adversarial process, right? Now we're coming at each other. And the only people that really suffer are the children. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And those kids do poorly. Those kids will suffer from long-term issues like anxiety and depression and all those things. Like you're, you're putting them in the middle of a process that you're telling them has nothing to do with them. We, mom and dad still love you. We're still a family. And then you're like going to war with this person, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And then you're arguing also when, um, when the kids are staying with you. So there's always yeah, this standoff, right? right? Yeah. And, and if you're fighting over the kids, because there's a monetary, uh, uh, situation there too, mm -hmm. attached to it, mm -hmm. then you're fighting in front of them as you're handing them off. Mm -hmm. So like, how is it for them to keep control exactly. of emotions mm -hmm. in that situation? And, right? and then things even like, um, you know, well, my clothes that I buy are only for my house. Oh, oh there's, oh my God, there's that all the time. Right. I have, I have women say to me all the time, like I bought him all these new clothes and every single time he sends them back in like old clothes that are, that are too small. Right. So he, now he's stockpiling 
the new clothes that she's bought and sending him, sending the kids back in like, you know, old ratty, too small, like, right. Or I, I mean, all, all of this, right. That happens. Yeah. Eh? That really yeah, happens. Like does. this is, this is almost a like, lot. these are almost like punchlines. Like you'd think that I oh, would be a punchline that not, yeah. not really something that a rational person would do. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, okay. Yeah, so I've seen or not seen, but heard of people that, you know, here's your suitcase and you, you, you know, you, the stuff you came in, like, it's just the stuff you came in is the stuff you can go back in and, and, and everything else is like, it just, that's gotta be difficult for the kids difficult for the children like they see that they sense it, they feel it. And they're not even adults enough really to understand that this isn't reality. Like person's not acting responsibly when right, they do that. Right. You know, like as a child, you're like, oh, this is how adults act. Yeah. Right. You exactly. just accept it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And so this is what sets up the these like, you know, this cognitive dissonance and the cognitive distortions that have have children have anxiety well into their adult lives or depression or, you know, drug addiction, all of these things. It's not the divorce that's doing this to them. It's how we're doing our divorces right. that's doing this to them. Hmm. So, hmm. but what happens when like one parent is very aware of this and the other parent isn't? Because like you can only control yourself and your exactly. emotions and what, and what you portray to the children. So yep. how do you yeah. deal with, how do you deal for the sake of the kids with the parent, with the opposite parent? Yeah. Well, what I always say is it's true, right? You, you keep your side of the street squeaky clean and you, you know, the, one of the other myths, right. Is that, you know, we should stay together for the kids. If Mm -hmm. you are married to someone who's super toxic, right. And you are in a toxic relationship, you are in a toxic household, Right. There is nothing. And a lot of people stay in these relationships because they think they can mitigate it. They think that they can like, um, you know, well, I'm there to like, you know, play, you know, whatever, right. Protect the kids. And that's a huge myth because two separate households where one of them is safe and calm and sane and makes sense and doesn't create some sort of cognitive dissonance and distortion and all of that stuff. And even if, even if the other house is toxic and crazy and volatile, if 50% of the time they can be somewhere, you can show them what safety looks like and feels like that is far better for children, far, far better for children. You are not protecting them from anything. If you're staying in the environment, that's Mm -hmm. like, saying that you can like you know drink a a, you know only the not poisoned part of the of the iced tea right like it doesn't work that way right so the so the so so that's but that's the same thing in terms of like if one parent is like doing all this crazy toxic shit Sorry, can I say that on your That's podcast? Okay. Sorry, <laughs> keep going. Um, we just um, got more I was, viewers. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be good, but I'm like, I curse like a trucker. Um, so <laughs> that slipped out. Um, but if so, if one parent is 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 you know doing all this toxic stuff, and then and then you are the calming force. Eventually, that stuff. When the kids get older, and I can attest to this personally. When the kids get older, they start to see it. 
and they start they start to realize oh okay what he, what dad is doing or what mom is doing is not safe or healthy or like i my son now lives with me practically full time he's you know he's almost 16 he gets to say and um you know that toxicity rises to the surface and becomes abundantly clear so just keep your side of the street clean if they're doing all that crazy stuff eventually you can say to your kid I'm really sorry that, you know, the other parent is, is putting you in that position. That must be really, really confusing for you and really upsetting. And I'm so sorry that that's happening, Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't want to, you're not going to, I'm not, I'm not personally, I'm not gaslighting my kid. I'm not going to tell him that what he's experiencing isn't the truth because it's exactly what I experienced, you know? So um, you know, but there's a way to validate their experiences without like alienating or, you know, exacerbating um, or making them feel further unsafe. Because then if you're like, yeah, you're right, your your father's an abusive, whatever, like then they feel terrified and unsafe, you know, especially teenagers who are looking for their model of manhood and just like all of that stuff, right? Like, yeah. Um, it's very confusing and we, and many people want to control it. My God, we want to control it. God, we want to protect our kids and we want the other parent to stop doing the toxic, toxic stuff. But the more we try to control it and the more we like keep our claws in it, the more we're actually in it. Mm. And, you know, believe me, this is one of the biggest struggles that I've had personally through my divorce and that I still struggle with to this day is that, you know, divorcing them legally and physically is one thing. Divorcing them emotionally is an entirely other thing. And that's a process that has many layers that are constantly being peeled back, that are constantly being revealed. And, you know, you just have to keep tabs on it and notice when you're trying to control things like, do you need to control what they're try to control what they're doing or are is that keeping you further hooked into a dynamic that you right you divorced for a reason right right, right. and yeah. <laughs> listen i'm not going to you just you just oh. i can feel like you just like unloading and yeah. i i can't imagine cuz i'm cuz i'm in it right th- right now right now i'm in it <laughs> no 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 that's for 12 years well i was just going to say I was just going to say that you've been divorced for a long time and yet you're still going through that. And that's something you would think after all these years, you'd be able to just say, not my monkey, not my problem. Right. But when it comes to your kids, it is still your monkey and your problem. Still your problem. You know, and and as, yeah. Sorry. It's, it's amazing that you like you can do, you're able to do both roles because you can relate to the feelings and the emotions of going through it, but then you can still pull yourself out of it. To, to, to then to then you know take on the role of of mm. the of the coach right and and help you know the people that you're around but I think that's a bridge for you honestly like, because it's so I know yeah. I know it must be, I can it must be so difficult in yeah. and, and draining but at the same time I can I can feel your empathy and and some of your sympathy you know of of the situation because yeah. you've gone through it so 
Yeah, wow, it's it's a lot. Deep. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like that bridge is a very is it it takes a lot of work, and I have a great therapist, and I have you know like I have to I have to take care of myself in very specific and strategic ways in order to be able to show up for people the way that I have. And there have been years when I haven't done that, and I have it has you know, I'm not able to support my business or my clients when I'm not taking care of myself that way. So yeah, but thank you for acknowledging that because it is it's really hard. <laughs> now, do you work with kids? Do you work with kids? No, no, no okay. but I, but I advise, you know, um, but listen, like kids are always like at the center of everybody's, right? I don't care how you do your divorce if you don't have kids. Literally, you want to go to court, you want to waste all your money, you want to like, whatever, fine, go, go for it. But if they're kids in the middle of it, that's when I care. So, um, yes, I, I don't work with kids, but I work with parents and the kids are always the center of the conversations. Right. So we, we were going to switch course with our next question, but I really, I feel like it's, it's deep enough that we, um, I'd like to stay on it for just another minute and see where this goes. But okay. one of the questions you had given us was how your relationship evolves with your ex after divorce with kids. So I think it kind of still speaks oh, to this yeah. topic and I, I don't want to leave yeah. it yet. No, no, that's I good. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, it does, it evolves like divorce with kids. I always say it's an ever evolving. It's like, it, it goes on infinitely like for the rest of your life literally right and you know I always talk about my parents my parents when I was growing up my earliest memories my parents separated when I was 11 months old and they were screaming at each other some of my earliest memories are being like tiny and having them like screaming at uh, at each other over my head and how terrifying that was and um, I was put in the middle of everything and um my parent, once my son was born, it wasn't until my son was born that they just, they showed up at the same time to meet him. And like from that day forth, they have been like, they're great friends. My mom has a problem mm. with her computer. She calls my dad. They, when my dad comes to visit, they go off and have dinner together and they'll go to the theater together. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, who <laughs> are like, you? What have you done with my parents? They're 80 years old and their relationship is still evolving. They have been divorced for, you know, since 19, they've been separated since 1971 or two. <laughs> so like, oh. you know, um, and, you know, and, and, and so this, like this relationship does evolve. You do grow, but you're still connected. Like mm -hmm. you're forever connected. And, you know, when you start dating, it changes. When your ex gets married, it changes. When, you know, there's just a like a series of things. Like when you get into your first serious relationship, you'll start to notice how your relationship with your ex starts to change or has to change. And it's something to always keep tabs on, always keep an eye out, always be willing to shift and grow and change mm -hmm. um, as you do, you know, and just because you were best friends with your ex in the beginning of your divorce does not mean you have to stay best friends with them, you know, 10 years down the line. Mm -hmm. But to have a healthy relationship for the kids. Yeah, sure. 
Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that healthy relationship might be more boundaried right. if, you know, if, if necessary, yes. you might need to have more boundaries. Um, if things start to come up, you know, that, that are, that are painful, you know, if spending time with the, like a parallel parenting relationship may be perfectly appropriate and healthy for you and your children. Um, if that's, you know, if, if that's, if that's appropriate, then that's, that's fine too. That's right. okay. Now, when I say a healthy relationship, it, it brings to mind, oh, everybody gets along. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It, it doesn't could have mean, to be. Right. A healthy relationship could mean that you've kept your distance, but you don't speak ill of the other parent, right? Mm. There's all exactly ways that a healthy relationship can look like. Right. But for the yes. sake of a child, like I, I know that, you know, it's for, it's easy to disparage your partner. Mm. Right. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm, not really mm -hmm. think you're doing any harm to the child. Oh, oh, you don't, you know, it's just little subtle things, yes. right? Sometimes it just Comes zip out. your mouth, don't <laughs> say a word. And that's the healthiest thing you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, by the way, we all make mistakes. Um, and if you have said something inappropriate, like I did recently, said something like completely inappropriate. I was managing and doing damage control when my son was like complaining about his dad and saying stuff about his dad and how critical and controlling and all these things. And, you know, like that's, that was my experience of his dad. So, it, you know, but I probably said too much and shared too much. And so then you just go back and you clean up and say, you know what, I shouldn't have said that to you because that's not your, that's not yours to hold. And I'm sorry that I said that, um, you know, I want to validate you depending on the, the age of the children too, of course. Right. Like I want to validate your experience, but also like, you know, there, I don't need to, I don't need to disparage your dad and I don't mean to do that. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, cause we all do it. Even in marriage, even in marriage, sometimes yeah. oh, it's yeah. hard. Like my I have, more so in marriage. <laughs> I, have three, I have three boys, right? And they're like partic they're all very protective of mom, very protective yes. of mom. And I'm like, you don't need to protect me, especially from your dad, you know. But sometimes they feel like sometimes they see something that dad may do and think it's that it's not good for mom. And then they get all mad at him. And I'm just like, you don't need to protect me from your dad. We are perfectly capable of dealing with this. I appreciate it. But, but sometimes I want to tell them that he's an idiot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your dad is a jackass. You know? Brent, so, if you're watching, yeah. we, you know, everything's good. <laughs> and because we're live, he might be watching, who knows? Um, but, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. I just, you know, I, so in a marriage is the same way, but in a, at least most times they'll see the parents come back together and, and fix it. And, and that's teaching them healthy relationships, yeah. but in a divorce, exactly. you can't always teach that in, if you're just particularly, if you're disparaging to the other partner. Right. 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 But you oh. can, but you can teach cleaning up absolutely something that needs to get cleaned up right like yeah. i said something and i probably shouldn't have said that and i'm sorry and i just want to clean that up with you that is so hard for yeah. people to do yeah i tell it like it's almost like make like people feel i see it so often right yeah. 
just take ownership. If you make a mistake, yeah, absolutely. say you made a mistake, own yeah. it. Yeah. And then, and, and I think that's one of the best lessons you can give children yeah. is, is when you can show that you can take ownership mm-hmm. and say, I shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. because yep. so many people defend yeah. rather than, rather than pull back and, and take ownership right. for it. They defend themselves yeah. and well, they push harder. I had harder. a reason you're, you know, your yeah. mother, your da da da. Right. But okay. Right. We're going mm-hmm. down. We're going down. Totally. A whole yeah, let, totally. let, I want to get to one more question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the juicy stuff, right? <laughs> See, we're going right. to, I think we're just going to create a link to her podcast yeah. and we're just going to create, create some synergy yeah. going on here. Cause we're just going to keep going. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about dating. I want to talk about that. Yeah. How do you do that yeah. after divorce? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with kids. Holy slowly so I think the biggest mistake that I see um especially with women actually with men too um in dating after divorce is that they jump into a new relationship right they just they're like this is this person's amazing and they're basically everything that my ex was not Mm. and if you're picking someone based on the not them not being someone else that's that's first of all unfair to them um And secondly, like not a healthy choice, right? Mm -hmm. I think when you get out of your marriage, date, date it up, like go on as many that you, I don't think there's any better like stomping ground for learning about yourself than dating. Oh, but date, (laughs) there's a difference between dating and being in a relationship. Mm. And too many people that what I see is that they get into relationships right away and then, you know, he's amazing. Oh my God. He's so like, the, I, I will, I see this in my Facebook group all the time after a first date. Oh my God, you guys, he's so amazing. He's this and he's that. Like, you don't know him. You've been on one date. Everyone's amazing for two hours. Right? <laughs> like, so was your ex, by the way. Right? That's how you got here. So like, get to know someone like you don't know someone know someone until you have known them for at least a year so right like and i'm not saying date for a year before you get into a relationship but just know like you're not making just major life decisions in the first for certainly not in the first three months of dating and certainly not in the first three weeks um so do it slowly Um, and then, you know, one of the other things, and this is sort of what we talked about a little bit before is that, um, when, as we're, as dating progresses into a relationship, um, know where your, I I call it the shifting of primary. I should really come up with a less clinical sounding term for it, but whatever. Um, that like, I remember when when my ex first started dating, and there were a lot of them, um, I sort of took on this role of first wife, right? Um, and I was sort of the gatekeeper a bit. And he and I were really close friends. And like, I would have them all over for Thanksgiving. I was always, it was always a different girlfriend and I, at my house for Thanksgiving. But I was like, I was first wife. Mm. And when he started dating the woman that he ended up marrying, she was like, nah, <laughs> she was like, and she kind of, cause I was pissing on my territory. I was like, you know, you can come in, but don't get it twisted. I've been here for, you know, 20 years before you. 
And she was like, girl, step aside. And oh my she was hundred percent right. A hundred percent right. And I had to realize like, oh, I'm used to being his, the primary person in his life. And that's not an appropriate position for me to be in. And also PS I'm divorced from him. So like, why would I want to occupy that role anyway? Right. And so I had to work that out. And then later, a few years later, I was dating someone um, who had been divorced for a few years, but his wife, his ex-wife was still his number one call when something went wrong, his like person personally, like not about their daughter, but like, and I always felt like I was second. I was like, wait a minute, if I'm your person, then I need to be your person. Right. And you know, fortunately he had the kind of ex-wife that he, the two of them actually got together and were like, Hey, I think we need to readjust some stuff. He said that to her. And she was like, it's so interesting. I just had the same conversation with my boyfriend. Like we've got to like work this out and, and realize that we're, you know, and so that's a process. Like nobody's doing anything wrong in that it's, it's habitual. It's right. But that's sort of the the evol- the evolution pro- part of the evolution process of divorce, right? Part of how it continues to evolve is like, oh shit, I got to move over to make room for somebody else, yeah, you know, or like, where do you, where does a new person fit in? If you're, everything is still like this with your ex, like, where does the new person go? What's their, yeah. where do they fit in? Anyway, so there's all of that, but first, just date just date, have fun, get to know yourself, get to know your, you know, other people start to notice signs. The more that you date, the more you're like, Oh, isn't that interesting? There's that thing. It's showing up again. Right. Huh. I, like, I got to look at that. Yeah. I didn't like it in my ex partner, my ex, but now I'm right. finding it endearing. Now I'm probably not going to find <clears throat> it endearing in five years. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And you know, another thing is that for, and this is, I think this happens more, more with women, but it certainly just happens with codependency in general, right? We're always trying to get someone to like us, right? Like, oh, does he like me? Does he like me? Does he like me? And we're, we're never asking ourselves or wow. rarely asking ourselves, do I like him? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is that someone I actually want to be with? Wow. So wow. the process of dating actually allows you to get to the place where you're asking yourself that question you're learning to ask that question yeah right now, you if, know I, sorry no no go 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 you're fine I'm done <laughs> I was say like I I know somebody who um when he was when he ended up divorcing it was uh, not a good situation was many aren't and um he decided that he would dedicate his life and for, to his children so it was a bit, of, it was a bad separation. And, but he was like, I, I'm going to devote my life to my children and waited many, many years before he even started dating. He, he worked hard trying to, you know, keep mm-hmm. the kids, keep a house over the kids, you know, and, um, and then when, and he had a son and a daughter and when he did start dating, it was really difficult for particularly the daughter because the the daughter was the center of his world yes right and so she had a she had a really hard time now mom had gone on and remarried and da 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 da, but but dad this was her little girl like she was his little girl Mm. like what advice would you give to someone like that that says no i need to my my children are my world screw the opposite sex i don't need a relationship Mm. 
Well, I, I, I think that's, I think, I think you know, the story you just told is really indicative of what can happen. Now, I mean, it, it depends, right? It, it feels to me like there's some inappropriate boundaries there that the child is filling, fulfilling a role that is inappropriate for them. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have some emotional um, connection with the, um, you know, with a child that's like not, that's not appropriate, you're, you're, and then, and then you're moving them out of that role, right? And you're replacing them. Yes. That is going to screw up the kid. That that's that's a that's a you know a mind you know what for the for the child, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's an inappropriate role. Mm -hmm. The most extreme term for that, like the psychological term for that, is 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 emotional incest, oh. where a child is being put in a position of of a of a partner, right? And mm. and I'm sure he didn't mean it that way, no, no, right? No. Yeah. But when we when we say I'm not going to have a life and I'm going to make my children my life, that puts a lot of pressure on the, on the children. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You think you're doing it from this very sort of, you know, place of love. selfless, yeah. like, yeah. but, but no, but no, it's not healthy. You've got to have a full, you know, uh, you've got to have a full life of your own. And of yeah. your, if you, if you want your children to not be codependent, not like that, like don't model that, please. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, a good agreed. point. Yeah. We got to wrap it up. Oh, Tina. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are great. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you guys go at it next no, time. <laughs> I love this. Uh, will you come back? Anytime. I'd love to. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. great. <laughs> Thank you. We love you too. I'm just like, I want to come down there. When we come again, I'm going to California to see you. <laughs> okay, Tina is a huge traveler, by the way. She yeah. like, even, even during COVID you were yeah. traveling, you got in the car and drove across the country. I did. She drove yeah. across the BC like yeah. nuts. Like wow. she has to travel. Yeah, we did a 10,000 round trip uh, with my husband and two of our kids in our car. And yeah, because I can't, oh, I can't how wonderful. Yeah. So we right were, exactly so we i know right our own country which was awesome i i was amazed you guys didn't kill each other no, like like just three weeks in a car together yeah. oh my god yeah three, <laughs> that's a solid marriage right there there you go yeah. no it's great good it times. was good yeah okay so, listen so yeah. kate why don't you tell everyone how they can get a hold of you uh and you know if they want to connect Yep. So my website, kateanthony.com, everything is there that you need to, uh, to know. Basically my podcast is the divorce survival guide podcast. Um, that's everywhere that you listen, all the places, um, and on Instagram at the divorce survival guide. And as I said last time, I've just started to TikTok a little bit. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, but really, like you said, I just started the Facebook. I just started. I, I, I just started. To, <laughs> I just started the the TikTok. I started <laughs> Good for you. My, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, I feel like I feel like an old geezer, but there you go. But really, everything is on my website, which is kateanthony.com. Awesome. Fabulous. Awesome. And thank if, you so much. And if you're looking for uh, to connect with other business professionals, obviously uh, we have a whole slew of them on the divorce net website and some amazing podcasts that you can listen to and get back in the groove mm -hmm. at that. So with that said, I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to say, make sure you take good care of yourselves and get organized. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic. 
You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.